We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder, and I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker. That is who we're doing it for. And the 49ers um, tallying up what might have been their biggest win of the season. Probably unequivocally was their biggest win of the season, right? I mean, all division wins are very important, especially for the 49ers fighting for playoff uh, seating. But in terms of talent on talent, the 49ers beat the then now eight, the now eight and four Miami Dolphins, 33 to 17, the 49ers moving to eight and four themselves. And um, just looking like a straight up good football team. I mean, we talked about this a few weeks ago on the pod. Let's see what the 49ers look like when they start going toe-to-toe with these these good teams, these great teams. And the Dolphins have been solid up until now. Now, there it, it was rightfully so brought up throughout the week, you know, who have the Dolphins beaten, what kind of, you know, that's always how it works, man. If you look at an NFL team's schedule, good, good and great NFL teams beat bad teams, and they play a lot of bad teams because there's only so many good football teams in the NFL. You know, I mean, think about it. There's like 10 good teams at any one time, you know, like truly good teams. We, maybe you could give or increase that number or decrease it year to year. So, of course, when you look at an NFL team's win-to-loss record, there's going to be bad. They're going to beat bad teams. But per the point, the Dolphins, you know, they they beat the Texans. They beat the breaks off the Browns. They squeaked by the Bears. They barely beat the Lions. They squeaked by the Steelers. Uh, they lost to the Vikings. You know, and you've got these, are, I believe these are the Tua losses. You know, and I, I, as 49ers fans, know better than anybody. Having that starting quarterback matters. You know, they beat the Bills, which is a huge win. They beat the Baltimore Ravens, and they beat the Patriots. So, the Dolphins have their fair share of wins that matter, wins that show a little less. It doesn't matter. I, I have already spent too much time on that. So 
The Dolphins were a very talented team um, with lots of good players, and the 49ers came out on top. Despite, now here's the big despite. Here's the big, this loss hurts. As all of you listening already know, the 49ers have lost, uh, once again, lost quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo for the season to a um, a broken foot. You know, a foot with, with many breaks pretty much is, is how Kyle Shanahan put it. And, you know, there's... There's just no way to sugarcoat it, man. I mean, it's impossible not to feel for him. And he's not doing anything wrong. Now, you know, if you watch the play, I'm not going to cast blame on whose assignment the guys that were hitting Jimmy Garoppolo were. I, I just, it's football, man. It's football and shit like that happens every single play. And the guy just was tackling Jimmy Garoppolo and his knee came down right on Jimmy Garoppolo's foot as it was kind of bending underneath him. One of those things that if if that wouldn't have happened, he probably would have just rolled on it no problem and and fell down because he was being tackled. But since his foot bent and then the guy's knee and entire weight came down on it, it just shattered some of the bones in his feet. Um, and it's a brutal injury. It's a freak injury. It's this. It's a very similar injury, or in the ballpark, I guess you could say, to, to Trey Lance's injury. Just a freak thing. And but once again, you know, you're talking about a season without Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's kind of done this rotation over the past uh, what is it, six years? You know, in 2018 they lost him for the season. In 2019 he came back and took the team to the Super Bowl and a 13 and three record. In 2020, lost him for this for most of the season, a good chunk of the season. And then in 2021, comes back, takes the team deep into the playoffs at, from a wild card spot. And then now we are in 2022, and it's in the, going to be a another season without Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, and it's it, it, from here on out. You know, it's you have to give him credit for playing the games he did. And up until this point, just being the 49ers unquestioned savior after just being the greatest teammate in the world through what might've been the most awkward off season ever produced. And it was just great to watch Jimmy Garoppolo do his thing, you know, against all odds type of deal. The guy was, he'd completed 67.4% of his passes uh, almost 2,400 yards, 16 touchdowns to four interceptions, a four to one ratio, which is fantastic. Um, it, he was just playing a great band brand of football. The 49ers had positioned themselves as Super Bowl contenders, and that unquestionably changes now. You know, it's heartbreaking. Jimmy Garoppolo can't do anything different. You know, what what can he do? Get better bones, swap them out for some some better bones, drink more milk. I'm pretty sure they debunked that. Maybe they didn't. Anyways, milk's still good. It's just shit luck, man. And the guy is just trying to compete. He's universally loved by his teammates. He's universally loved by most, pretty much everybody in the NFL. The dude is just as nice and as classy as it gets. And, you know, the only benefit to him is he was playing very well. And this is just a, a break. It's not like the what he was dealing with in the offseason where it's kind of like a shoulder surgery. There's a lot of question marks. It will be something that he unquestionably recovers from. And I keep saying unquestionably. I think I've said that like three times already. Where he definitely recovers from and he will go back to playing his brand of football again. I don't know if it'll be with the 49ers. You know, we'll see. 
Um, I mean, it, the sad thing is, and it's just this weird, shitty, like, reality that this is why the 49ers went looking elsewhere and, and went a quarterback. And it's really unfair to think of it that way. But, you know, in terms of, in terms of the way that Jimmy Garoppolo's career has gone with the 49ers, if you don't count 2017, you can bet on having a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo one season and losing him the next. We just went over that. 18, gone. 19, Super Bowl. Uh, 2020, gone. 21, deep playoffs. NFC Championship. 2022, now you got a little bit of him, and now he's gone again. So it's and that is of no fault of his own. I'm not blaming him for that at all. It just sucks, you know. You, you, it's impossible not to feel for him. You know, the injury reaper continues to haunt the hell out of the 49ers. So, somewhere in that fucking stadium is a um, what do you call those little dolls that, that people stick pins into? I'm, I'm gonna look it up. I know, I know, voodoo doll, a voodoo doll. I didn't look it up. I I, I figured it out. <laughs> um, the, somewhere in Levi Stadium is a voodoo doll that somebody is poking the hell out of, or you know, it's it just sucks, man. I mean, they have lost two starting quarterbacks to season-ending injuries this year. When's the last time that happened? It, especially in the 49ers position, where they were both good start uh, starting caliber quarterbacks that were, you know, we didn't get to see much of Trey Lance, but. I'm just going to pretend that he was going to play well, which is far from a guarantee. But, you know, it's just unbelievably bad luck. Kyle Shanahan went through that press conference after the game, and you could tell he was just a wreck. He was happy that they won. He was happy that he beat Mike Daniel. He was happy that he beat a good Dolphins team. He was happy that he beat some players that definitely wanted revenge on their former teams. You know, you can tell it was a good win for the team. They felt that, but it was just impossible to get up for, knowing that they had lost their quarterback that they all love so much for the season. It's it's brutal, you know. And, and, the, and now you're you're looking at a future. I'm not gonna let's 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 hold on. Okay, I wanted to I wanted to open up with a little you know little bit toward about Jimmy Garoppolo. We will wait. We'll talk about the situation a little bit later. I feel like maybe that's what I'll focus a lot on um, later on in the week. When I mentioned later on the week, I fully plan to do a preview podcast on like Thursday to be published Friday morning like normal, but I just got caught up in the Airsoft game that I put on this weekend. I, I don't even know if I've said this on the pod. I think I've said it on the pod, but I help run an Airsoft field in Fresno, kind of up in the foothills slash mountains, and it's actually a very popular Airsoft field. They run like a, every a game a week, and, or excuse me, one game a month and about 60, 70 people come out. Um, but every now and then, twice a year, we'll do a weekend-long event where people come and camp and barbecue, and and then we play all day Saturday, and then we play at night, and then we play Sunday morning. And usually it draws around 175 people. And it, 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 we would we could definitely allow it to be more than that if we wanted to. Uh, if you don't know what Airsoft is, it's just a realistic realistic-looking guns that shoot plastic BBs. And these guys getting all their gear and they were on this huge 500 acre field up in the mountains. It's a lot of fun. It's cool. Anyways, wasting time. I was preparing to host that game all week, doing all kinds of running errands and making preparations. So just kind of got caught up with that on Thursday and didn't really have a chance to, to 
record the pod before I had to start heading up to the field. I was even I even missed about a quarter of the 49ers game today because I was heading back down from that event. So, anyways, let's talk briefly about the game itself. Um, we can start just, you know, obviously we're on the topic. We can start with Brock Purdy, who did very well for somebody who was affectionately named Mr. Irrelevant, the very last pick of the draft, a rookie, um, to come in there and, and replace Jimmy Garoppolo against a solid Dolphins team and go 25 at 37 for 67%. This is like a Jimmy Garoppolo stat line. He went. 25 of 37, that's almost 68%, 210 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, and an 88.8 rating. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo's been playing. And, and and to clarify, to add more context, that one interception was like a jump ball to Brandon Ayuk on third down that he just slightly underthrew. Xavier Howard had a had an easier catch. Then and it was hard for Brandon Ayuk to kind of come up and over him and even play DB on it. It was it was tough. He was trying to moss him, but it was just a tough tough job for Brandon Ayuk. But it just ended up being kind of like a punt. Uh, it was on fourth down, and I think it was on, yeah, it was on fourth down. And if they would have if he would have just batted it down, they would have gotten like twenty yards out of it for additional yards. But he picked it off, so it was just like it. It was really an inconsequential interception. Of course, you'd rather it be complete. You'd rather the ball just be placed a little closer to the sideline so that Ayuk could really make a shot at it. But overall, there's absolutely we're not we're not going to sit here and knock Brock Purdy for a throw like that. I thought he played really well. I thought he played well enough to give the 49ers just a little glimmer of hope. But we'll get into that in a little bit. On top of that, huge game from Christian McCaffrey. 17 uh, rushes for 66 yards. He averaged just under four yards a carry. So in terms of average, not that great. But every run that you watched from him, it wasn't like it seemed like he should have gained more yards. He seems like he's going – I mean, he's the every down back. Um, but it, it, a lot of his runs are just tough sledding for some reason. I'm not sure. But he also – caught eight passes on 10 targets for 80 yards and a touchdown. So huge game from Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Jordan Mason getting some action. It was good to see him uh, get in the game. And I think he's earned maybe just a a slight increase in carries. He had eight carries for 51 yards at 6.4 yards a pop. He really adds, you know, the same, a similar compliment to Elijah Mitchell but a bit more physically taxing. He's a big guy. He rarely goes down on first contract. And I, and I was contact. If I said contract, I was pretty impressed with Jordan Mason. I thought he looked effective. I thought he looked spry, quick, um, physical, just the exact type of guy you want complimenting a Christian McCaffrey. Who's going to beat you in a multitude of ways. Sure. He can run it right down the middle on you, but he can also, uh, they could fake the handoff and he could go out into the flat. He could run a route. He could run through the line and just turn around. So great compliment to Christian McCaffrey. The 49ers run game overall averaged 3.6 yards a carry, which is about the minimum for an effective run game. I mean, if you think about that, you're still, you're still putting your, if you just ran it twice, you'd still put yourself in third and short situations, which is, which is good. Um, who do I want to talk about next? I mean, I, I I guess we could, we'll just hit the offense. Well, I want to get to your takeaways as well. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Um, Debo Samuel, huge game, huge game from Debo Samuel. Six catches on 10 targets 
for 58 yards. Just seemed like he made the hard clutch receptions. Uh, didn't do much in the run game. He did get uh, uh, four carries for five yards, so not a lot there. But I think it's to a point now where everybody knows when Debo Samuel's in the backfield what exactly is going to happen. So I think Kyle Shanahan needs to start making more adjustments, and if he already has them, using them more frequently because it does seem like every time the 49ers want Debo to get a carry, it's like nothing is there. So that tells me the defense is pretty convinced that when he's back there, that he's going to run it. So I think they should start using that against him. Maybe he already has, but um, it just seems like that's the next step in the evolution. Brandon Ayuk, again, up there towards the top of the team in targets, nine targets, five catches, 46 yards. Um, Just needed a couple more from Brandon Ayuk, and I would have won my fantasy matchup. But I hate saying that shit, man. This is real football, not fantasy. Overall, the offense was exactly what it needs to be. They took care of the football. There was, you know, like I said, Brock Purdy's interception was very inconsequential. They did exactly what they had to do to beat uh, the Dolphins. You know, now they did kind of suffer from, well, are you sure we should be getting a field goal here? You know, they had a touchdown in the first quarter, touchdown in the final drive of the second quarter, and then everything else after that was a field goal. Punt, field goal, field goal, punt, field goal. And then that's the end of the game. So. You want to see that improve. The 49ers red zone offense is still not great. Um, But a lot of that, you know, you're dealing with Brock Purdy and and his, I mean, he's stepping in having next to no reps as the starting quarterback throughout the week. I do expect that to improve. Um, But there's an ebb and flow of this. A lot of people talk like, oh, well, once he starts getting first team reps in practice, he'll get better. That is true. Obviously, he will get much better. But at the same time, you know, the longer you're in the NFL, the less you benefit from, you know, a lot of good coaches, a lot of good coaches. They're going to start adapting to whatever Brock Purdy does and doesn't do well very quickly. And then we'll see if he can adapt to them. Um, I'm not exactly sure what to expect from Brock Purdy. Again, we'll get into that. And then I can't I can't hold off any longer. Nick freaking Bosa. My gosh. Like, we knew he could have a strong game because the Dolphins had injuries along the offensive line, especially both tackle spots. But the man had three total tackles, three sacks, four quarterback hits, two tackles for loss, one forced fumble, which was returned by Dre Greenlaw for a touchdown. Dre Greenlaw also had a phenomenal game. It was just an all-star performance, an all-pro performance. Uh, maybe a defensive MVP type performance. Not maybe it was, I I don't know if he'll win it. We'll see, but damn like that. It was just dominance and to, to get three total sacks to finish it off with a sack fumble that was returned for the touchdown that put the nail in in the coffin for the defense for the game. It was just an impressive effort. And he's up to 14 and a half sacks on the year. How many games they got left? How many games do they got left? They got the bucks. Uh, this this next week, so Bucks Seahawks come here. Five games left in the regular season. Man, can you believe that? I mean, I guess it's December, but damn, one, two, three, four, five. Am I counting that? Yeah, five. I cannot believe we are that close already. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. A lot of winnable games. You know, it's not Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is very solid, uh, but then you know, the uh, Seattle Seahawks defense, not great, even though it's at Seattle. So he's going to Brock's going to get tested with that environment. Commanders are playing so, oh, a good chippy brand of football right now. I'm not going to hate on them. Raiders, the Raiders, they're pretty bad this year, but you never really know. You got Devontae Adams roaming around. Chicky, you're crazy. Cardinals. So anyways, I feel like I'm all over the place right now. Defense, Dre Greenlaw, eight total tackles, pass breakup, fumble recovery. Seemed like he was... This game seemed like, I'm trying to think of the best way to word this. One of those games, okay, so here we go. And this, and I don't think this is hyperbole. I think the 49ers current linebackers have earned these types of comparisons by now. But y'all know when Patrick Willis was the man, then Navarro Bowman started to come into his own. And, and most, almost every game, Patrick Willis was the better linebacker. Navarro Bowman was playing a great number two. But every now and then, you would see Navarro Bowman put together a better game than Fred Warner. I feel like in in a, in a, in some ways, I'm dancing around this right now, as you can tell. Dre Greenlaw seemed like the better linebacker today, in this moment, during this game, having a bigger impact. Um, one pass breakup, one fumble recovery, return for a touchdown. Fred Warner uh, had five less tackles, but he did have an interception that pretty much put the closing stamp on the game, sealed it up, uh, melted the wax, put the 49ers stamp on it, sealed the envelope, uh, checked the seal, put it in the mail, sent it off, and the person gets it, and they're like, dang, this is all nice. I don't want to break this seal because it looks so nice. That was what Fred Warner's interception was. Two pass breakups as well. I love the fact that Fred Warner influences the pass game so much. It's so um, uh, it's so awesome. 
But this was one of those games, and I think a lot of you guys would agree with me, where Dre Greenlaw just showed up a lot, played a great game. Then you've got Jimmy Ward right behind him, who had five total tackles, an interception, a pass breakup, um, a, a super impressive interception, jumping up and over a stumbling Jeff Wilson to pick off the ball, like, towards the quarterback. Like, it was this, just a weird, like, he's jumping up and over Jeff Wilson, facing the quarterback, catches it, and then comes down on top of Jeff Wilson, and or just over the top of him. And, Gets up and runs it back a little bit. Super, super impressive effort from this defense. You're talking about one of the absolute best offenses in the NFL. Might technically be number one. And this defense this defense held them to 17 points. And yes, the whole second half streak is broken. Is broken but, sorry, I was like halfway hiccuping. But an undeniably great effort. And this is what we wanted to see. You know what I mean? Like, I get excited saying that. This is what we wanted to see. We wanted to see after that Chiefs game where the 49ers defense got eviscerated. It was a closer game than everybody talks about the Chiefs. But, they, you know, there's no question in the fact that basically every time the Chiefs got the ball, other than the first drive, they scored. Bam, 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 bam. But shutting down the Dolphins' offense, especially being operated by Mike McDaniel, who has such intimate knowledge of the 49ers, and that works both ways, but you got to look at it. There were some words exchanged over the past couple weeks in terms of former 49ers running backs, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, I'm not going to throw any shade whatsoever at at especially Raheem. So if you're waiting for me to do that, you can click stop. Don't click stop. Stick around. Come up. Come back, guys. 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 Come back. Come back. Guys. Just sit down, please. Come back. And ladies. But, you know, there was some, there was some words said, and some of it was exaggerated. Some of it wasn't. Um, but the four, the Dolphins run game that consisted of Raheem and Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, was was very well shut down. It, the the Dolphins weren't in a position where they could really commit to it that much. They only had eight total carries for 33 yards, um, which is 4.1 yards a carry. So it's not like, I mean, that number's not bad, but they just could not establish the run. They couldn't stick with it. Uh, I mean, and I don't necessarily blame the Dolphins. They're playing from behind, and they've got to give Tyreek Hill 14 targets. for, And he had 146 yards and a touchdown. Trent Sherfield, another former 49ers player, uh, the first play of the game took the pass 75 yards, short pass 75 yards, and it was um, just one of those games where they couldn't run the ball often. But that's that you got to hat tip the 49ers for the fact that they made the Dolphins operate a little out of their comfort zone. They could never establish a run as as potent as the Dolphins' pass game is. You know they still want to run the ball. They still want to pound the rock with Mostert and Wilson, and and they just weren't given the opportunity. The 49ers did not allow it. They stuffed the runs when they were and they had to and just was able to maintain that lead. Although the field goals weren't great, you know, you don't always want to necessarily rely on them when you could be scoring touchdowns, but they were points. They were points off turnovers. You had two interceptions. Both of them resulted in a field goal. And while that's never ideal, you'd rather just go down there and score. Still points, still extending that gap. And then, you know, having the, the, the defensive scores, the defense was the scores or score? Score, right? It helps. It helps. It helps. So for the 49ers defense to go up against an offense as competent as this with a Tua 
Talk about Loa quarterback that's just super hot, and he did not have a good game. He completed just a little over 50% of his passes, 54%, 295 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, an 80 quarterback rating. Um, he I made some great throws. He missed a lot of weird throws. He was just off. Um, but sometimes going up against a great defense can mess with you even when you're not being messed with. Knowing a Nick Bosa's out there can mess with you even when he hasn't gotten to you yet. And that's just the way it is seeing ghosts. Um, okay, so really quickly, I feel like we're going to get a ton of time to talk about the quarterback situation. And just think back to the offseason when we had all the time in the world to talk about it, and we have. Um, like I said, Brock Purdy played well. I, I wouldn't say – I'm not going to say that Brock Purdy can't lead the 49ers to more wins because he straight up did today. Uh, there's no denying that. Now, the 49ers defense did their part too, but if the 49ers can get what they got today out of Brock Purdy, then they could be in better shape than people think they are. Um, I'm not here to say that Brock Purdy is the next hidden gem that's going to – I'm sure not going to say he isn't because that's just not fair, but the odds are – as it would be for a number one overall pick, the odds that you're going to be the man to lead them out of the promised land is just rare. So it's not fair to assume that over – it's a little more fair to assume that out of a number one pick. It's certainly not fair to assume that out of the very last pick of the draft, but Certainly fun to watch. Fred Warner was asked about him. He's like, dude, he goes up against the best defense in the NFL every day. I think he's going to be okay. Fred Warner sees a confidence in him, and you can kind of see it in the game. Uh, Brock Purdy's got a little bit of swagger, a little bit of attitude, a little bit of like the way he slings the ball. He kind of changes the arm angle a bit. Um, after he threw a touchdown to Christian McCaffrey, he was kind of like slinging his, his, his handguns like Western style. Um he definitely has a thing to him, you know, and not to mention you can't talk about the situation he's in without talking about the immense talent all around him. You know, he's got Christian McCaffrey behind him. He's got Debo Samuel to his left, Brandon Ayuk to his right, Jawan Jennings in the slot, George Kittle, you know, at the line of scrimmage. That is a lot of talent. Kyle Yushik got a little bit more involved with three catches today. So he's in a position to succeed. But that isn't everything. You know, you still have to you still have to have it. As Nick Bosa would say, you still gotta have that dog in him. So it's it's not gonna be handed to Purdy on a silver platter by any means, especially if the 49ers have playoff aspirations. But I will say this. I will say this. As doomed as you would think you would be with a rookie mystery irrelevant stepping in at quarterback to replace your very established veteran that was having a great season. Brock Purdy did have a few throws that I was like, damn, like Brock Purdy is, is he him? Like now again, you're talking about a dude that has nobody has any film on just stepping in and playing. And, you know, it almost reminds me of Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins against the Raiders. But he made a few throws that were pretty impressive. One, he had a blitz right in his face, and he just immediately slings it straight to George Kittle over the middle. The exact type of throw that we're used to someone like Jimmy Garoppolo making. Had a few others where he threw it over the line of scrimmage and hit Debo Samuel right in the hands with the DB right behind him. Uh, missed a few throws, undoubtedly. It seemed like, obviously, Brandon Ayuk is the guy that he's going to target downfield Debo Samuel 
Seems like he gets most of his targets inside of 10 yards. I could be completely wrong with that. And then he's kind of like, okay, go get some yak. Whereas Brandon Ayuk is definitely that downfield guy. Rightfully so. The dude seems like he's always open. He was wide open on one, kind of like a Julio. About five, six yards, break towards the post, and then break straight out back towards the sideline. He had about five yards of separation, and uh, um, Rock Purdy just missed him. And that's to be expected in those types of situations. But Rock Purdy made some throws where I was just like, okay. There, when he threw the the play before he threw the touchdown pass to Christian McCaffrey, he also threw another pass to Christian McCaffrey through this super tight window that hit McCaffrey right in like his right number. And Christian McCaffrey should have caught it. McCaffrey, not I don't have to keep saying his full name over and over. I I got it. I got it. Um, but then McCaffrey caught it on the next play, made up for it, totally redeemed himself, as we said on Twitter. But I saw some passes from Purdy that I thought were pretty uh pretty sweet. We'll see if we get more of that. That's all I'm gonna say on that. Veteran options. Do the the 49ers have already signed Josh Johnson? They brought him back for the for like the fifth time, I think Josh Johnson has been on like 15 NFL teams, but good for him, man. What a career. They brought him back, which tells me initially that the 49ers may want to give Brock Purdy a chance. Are there veteran options? You can't trade, so are there veteran options? My dumbass put, put, fired off this tweet talking about it. wouldn't surprise me if the 49ers went trying to trade for a backup. And the trade deadline was like a month and a half ago. It's like... You're an idiot. I felt like an idiot. But, dude, there's a lot going through my head. Shit's crazy. It's been a long weekend. Just cut me some slack, okay? No, people weren't mean. I just called myself an idiot, deleted the tweet, and went about my day. Drew Brees, don't know if he's still capable of playing. Would be in a pretty comfortable offense to operate, especially with a back like McCaffrey. He could treat just like Alvin Kamara in their heyday. Um, don't know if that's something the 49ers will even look into. Phillip Rivers, what's Andrew Luck up to? Um, I'm not going to really, I'm not sure the Colin Kaepernick tree is worth going down. I know some of you are rolling your eyes. Some of you are cheering. That's just the nature of him. Uh, it's just been a long time since he's played, uh, in the NFL and whatever you feel about that. Don't really care. It's not what I'm talking about. It's just, he hasn't played in a long time. So I couldn't see anybody looking into that. Uh, and we'll see, we'll see. Um, they signed Josh Johnson off a practice squad. He wasn't traded for obviously. That tells you that. Um, yeah, interesting. We'll have more words on Brock Purdy. Let's get to your takeaways. Let's do this. How's the uh, how's Dallas doing? Let's let's double check on that real quick. I, I I left the game at the third quarter. Oh my gosh, what the hell happened? When I walked away from the Dallas game at like the start of the the like the very end of the third quarter, it was like a two point game. What the hell did the doll? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So with three forty-three left in the third quarter, the the Colts scored to make it nineteen twenty-one. They went for the two point, couldn't get it. You've got a Michael Gallup pass from from uh, Dak Prescott. Boom! That's a touchdown. Malik Hooker recovered a fumbly, a, a fumbly, <laughs> fumble recovery, um, and scored. Tony Pollard had a thirty-yard rush for a score. Ezekiel Elliott, damn, what a beatdown that turned into. It looked like a game, like the Colts were going to do something crazy. And holy shit, that's funny. That's funny. Anyways, let's get to your takeaways. Let's do it. Now, I did 
a lot of these takeaways were given to me before the news that Jimmy Garoppolo was out for the season. So keep that in mind. I did put a little reply to it saying, if you'd like to add more takeaways, now that we've heard the news, go ahead. Uh, let's try and get to them all. I am going to start from the bottom this time. Okay. Here we go. Captain Clay. I love it. What a great alliteration. What a great name to start with. Captain Clay. So much fun to watch. Bosa is the best closer in the biz. He sure seemed like it, didn't he? He should walk out to the tunnel to enter Sandman. That's Enter Sandman, right? I, I don't. I, there's so many iconic Metallica songs that uh, you'd like. Like I always want to like just mix them all up, or I probably confuse them. Um, is that the one at the beginning of what's that? What's that zombie? Yeah, Enter Sandman. The beginning of of Zombie Land. Look up the the beginning of the first. Zombie land. And it's it's inner sandman, but they do it so expertly where it's like like the the credits are in front of them, but they get knocked around by the things um happening on the screen. I know I'm getting way off task right now, but I just got really excited. Anyways, sorry. Anyways, Captain Clay. I, I agree, man. This was a, a insane game for Bosa. Tons of momentum going, but he's got you know, he's got He's he's got a sack over the last six games. He got three this game. He's at 14 and a half. There's five games left in the regular season. Can he touch 20? He might he probably won't be able to get the record. I'm he could go off. You don't we never know, but I want to see him get to 20. Larry Barton. Why can't we have nice things like starting quarterbacks? I don't know, man. There is like I said, there is something going on with the 49ers and their quarterbacks that just seems unbelievable. <sighs> it is what it is, man. I'm sorry, Larry. I'm sorry. Saab Hakeem, this defense is legendary. Uh, that reminds me of Kung Fu Panda, the bad guy. Uh, Xiao, I can't remember his name. Says, our battle will be legendary. And they don't, they, he doesn't know he's talking about a fat panda. Anyway, Jimmy just need to come back in time for playoffs. Um, like we said before the news. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Hakeem. Sorry. Jake, this defense is nothing short of amazing, but what's next for us at quarterback? It's a fair question, man. I, I honestly don't know. It seems like the 49ers are going to roll with Brock Purdy, but I don't know. It, it's just so hard because they're just staring at, a, at another very strong playoff contender, Super Bowl contender. And then, bam! There goes Jimmy Garoppolo, and I feel like they're gonna—they're going to feel like they need to make a move that keeps them in that hunt. And if if Purdy works out, then maybe I mean that would be such a crazy development that this guy keeps them in the hunt. But I feel like they're gonna do everything they can to pick up somebody that they feel like they're still there. I really don't know what that's gonna be, but maybe they roll with him. Marcelo Santavica, Purdy was very decent for a Mr. Irrelevant rookie. Yes, yes, he was. Absolutely. Tim, did they say Marcello? It's Marcelo. 
the D today was mostly Bosa. He caused at least two of the picks and got 2-0 for that fumble touchdown. They are really going to break the bank on Bosa's contract. 100%. Give the guy $30 million a year. Don't care. Don't really care what they give him because we know he's going to be worth it. And if they don't give it to him, another team will give him even more. Uh, Santigi, this team is real. No Garoppolo, no deep run, though. I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Uh, and, and I can definitely be swayed off that opinion, but as of right now, I agree. It's They can't find some surprising answer to that massive black hole, then that's it. We all know that. Bald running with the defense and the weapons around Brock will be fine. And the Purdy. Ooh, okay. Let's see it. Let's see it. And then Jason Lucky with just the epic GIF application. What did it cost? No, I'll say it a little more accurately. What did it cost? Everything. Anyways, that was probably sounding more creepy than everything. You know what I'm doing. Whatever. Mark Dean. It's it's D-A-E-N. So I want to say Dean, but is it Day? Dayen? Mark Dayen? Or is it just Dean and I'm weird? All right. Defense wins championship. This team definitely brings that mentality back. Tua isn't a top 15 quarterback in the league, in my opinion. Or at least this defense made him look so. Right, right, right. Hold on one second. I am checking my camera because I have my truck parked with a light set behind it, and I've kind of maneuvered the light set to where um, no one could possibly, like, uh, need for speed their way back there and take it. But anyways, I had to check. I'm sorry. Nick said Bosa is going to be expensive. Very much so. Who cares? It's what good players are supposed to be. NJ, they came, they came to see me. They they came to see an offense. 49ers center Randy Cross told NFL Films cameras near the end of the 49ers 38 to 16 victory, and the wrong one showed up. Super Bowl 19. Yeah, very similar. Uh, very similar parallels, I guess you could say. Very similar parallels. Uh, Rene Valesio, the O-line is what will define our season. They are far the weakest link. They did have a rough day, the 49ers offensive line. Let's go see if it showed up in the box score. But we all saw it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, ten quarterback hits. Uh, one, two, three, four, five tackles for loss. So, yes, the, the offensive line really did struggle today. Mike McGlinchey continues to yell at referees and get himself on the camera. Um, I know his man was involved in the tackle that injured Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just brutal. And um, it, it was just one of those games. One of those games. Uh, you hope that they are going to be stronger than that going forward. I'm not sure where the Dolphins' defensive front – I know it's not bad uh, – stacks up in the whole grand scheme of the NFL, but it really did seem like they were there was constantly stuff going on there. Um, and it, and it's, it's weird, man. They have these ebbs and flows. This, the, this, the middle three has not been nearly as bad as I thought they were going to be. Mike McGlinchey seems like he stepped down a little bit. Trent Williams is still holding it down. It's just you never know where they're going to land. So I do think that offensive line is is a question mark for sure. J.H. Brock Purdy is a more mobile Jared Goff. Well, shit, if they – if not that I think Jared Goff was that great, but if Brock Purdy ended up being anywhere near as good as Jared Goff, then it at least gives you a shot. You know, I, I'm not – again, not heaping any praise on Jared Goff, but damn. 
supremely the offense is still a liability and the Niners will go as far as the defense take them, but fans will still blame the D and not Kyle of the offense. Uh, it just depends on how the games, how the games come and go, you know, like if, if the offense is consistently settling for field goals, then yes, they're always going to blame the offense. But if the D gets torched, like it did sort of against the chiefs, not that the offense had a great game there either, but, uh, you know, it, it goes both ways, but it, usually we can count on the fact that the defense will, will hold it together. John David, Niners with Purdy are not a Super Bowl contender. I agree. Um, maybe we'll get surprised. I don't know. But I do think they won't be a team someone wants to play in the playoffs. They will not be an easy win. I agree, man. Nobody wants to play that defense. Um, and again, you guys are just going to have to bear with it. Nobody's going to be picking the 49ers to do much despite their good defense with Brock Purdy. He's going to just have to defy the odds. That's just the way it is. It's not an insult. It's just what it's going to be. Um, why are you throwing this name at me? Siler Danes. I mean, it's got all kinds of squigglies above the lines, whatever those things are called. The fans have better talent across the board and have a QB that can actually sling it. Okay. They lost. And the QB that can actually sling it like through two picks. I don't know what happened there. Matt Lovelady, is it, is it Shanahan's fault Jimmy Garoppolo got injured? Should he have been using him as a passer like that? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> it's not Shanahan's fault. I didn't blame Shanahan for Trey Lance's injury. Like, go look at Trey Lance's last full season in college. He run, ran the shit out of the ball all over the place, down the middle, wherever. So I never blame Shanahan. This shit happens, man. It's football. It's just bad luck. Kev is having his 337th Joker origin story in 2022. Great game, but red zone woes continue, and that worries me when the stakes are much, much higher. Yeah, like I said, those two turnovers put the 49ers in good scoring position. Couldn't get anything more than a field goal out of it. Jeffrey K. Lyles. If Jimmy can't get back relatively healthy, the D is good enough to take us to a Super Bowl win. Man, I'm sorry, Jeffrey. Again, these comments were made before we knew, but I just feel for Jeff, man. I, you know, he's, he's just a, a regular and I appreciate him. And I know he's just going through it. Like we all are. So Graz, what's up, man? You gotta, Hey, you gotta tell me if I'm saying that wrong at some point, I'm just going to keep saying it like that. The main takeaway is the severity of the Jimmy injury in terms of season outlook. But on a smaller level, I thought Purdy acquitted himself. Well, I did too, particularly given the heat that Miami brought Statement game is for the defense. This wasn't Denver or a broken Rams team. Bosa Bosa is good. Yes, yes, he is. Um, yes, this was not a, bro- a Denver. This was not a broken Rams team. You are correct. This was a one of the best offenses in the NFL. I think they lead the NFL in certain categories. So, yeah, damn. Um, and obviously, we know the takeaway from the severity of Jimmy's injury is just as bad as it could be. So, Mike McVay, let's go, baby. Bosa with three sacks. The defense as a whole was amazing and pretty. Way to step up and play with it. Counted. Great win. Hope Jimmy G is going to be okay. Sorry, Mike. Man, Jeffrey K. Lyles. So grabs Mike. You know, like all these regulars that I just know are hurting. But, hey, man, just got to enjoy it. Enjoy it for what it is and uh, and try to make the best of it. We can't we can't dwell. Can't dwell. Alan Chi, and I he offered an amendment, but I'll do his first one first. If Jimmy Ward was still at free safety, that opening touchdown doesn't happen, in my opinion. Now, again, I didn't. I've, I saw the highlight of that opening touchdown, but I didn't really see it how you all did. I, I, I'm assuming a tackle was missed, but um, yeah, the Jimmy Ward thing has been weird. Obviously, he gets a pick today, so he adds a little bit of, you know, of credence to where he is. But it's been weird that they have 
been so committed to him playing in the slot. But again, they're just making do with, they're just trying to get their best players on the field. So, but you're probably right. I understand why he's moved to nickel, but I'm still not happy about it. And it's going to suck to see him leaving for agency, which seems almost guaranteed at this point. I wouldn't be so fast on that. It, it does seem likely, but I know that the 49ers, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan love Jimmy Ward. Like Kyle Shanahan once said that if he could wear a Jimmy Ward jersey, he would. And I and I, you, we know that Kyle Shanahan doesn't really say shit like that uh, that often. So I I think they might make a, a push to try and keep Jimmy Ward. Abendum, this is after the Jimmy Garoppolo news. Realistic Super Bowl hopes it just died. I agree. It was a good run that ended before it even started. I would say it started. The 49ers have won, what, five in a row? Uh, you know, it, it, it is. They were pushing that direction, but I I don't blame you for feeling that way. I think it's very fair to feel like the 49ers Super Bowl hopes just died. I mean, think about the 49ers with Brock Purdy going up against the Bills, going up against the Chiefs, going up against the Eagles. They would seem outmatched no, no matter how good the defense is. You know, like, it, it would only hold on so much, but... Not to mention the fact that the Bills have a solid defense, the Eagles have a solid defense, and you would just be hoping that Purdy could score when the when their offense couldn't, and it just a lot would have to happen between now and then to reverse that that logic. Uh, Milo, how good Aussie on the beers in Mexico? Watching this made me so pumped. We'll be at the game next week and can't wait to watch Purdy against some other bloke for the Bucks. <laughs> some other bloke. I don't know who that is either, man. Something about the goat or something like that. Who knows? Who knows? JF, too fresh. Let's go, baby. What a performance all around, especially defense, specifically Bosa. Yeah, no shit. He's a monster. What else can we say about him except he is Goldberg during the WCW streak? Man, there was nothing like watching Goldberg or Stone Cold, because that's what you said next. But Goldberg, during his prime, come out and stand in those sparks and then spit the the, the smoke out of his mouth and his nose. Like, dude. And then. Obviously, Stone Cold during the Attitude Era, there was just there was nothing. I don't think anything ever will match Stone Cold during the Attitude Era. Unbelievable run. Big wrestling fan. Still trying to keep up with it. I'm actually going to see AEW, I think, somewhere in January. They're coming to Fresno. So, man, Stone, when that glass broke, just, dude, you know he was going to come out, flip everybody off, talk shit on Vince McMahon. Awesome. Regardless... Bosa's a friggin' beast. I agree. Too fresh. I agree, man. Jimmy Ankles Garoppolo. Oh, man. Nick Bosa is definitely in the running for the best Bosa in the NFL award. Uh, is Has he secured that yet? Is Nick Bosa, like, unequivocally better than Joey? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think if you asked me which one I'd take, I'd probably take Nick. But that could be uneducated. Hope Jimmy is okay. We know he's not. Sorry. Sorry. Hard to be mad at Doves against good teams. Next week, Bosa sacks Brady. Man, I hope so. And then we got the Dr. Disrespect rubbing the hands together gift. Woo! And then right after that, I guarantee you he would point at the camera. And then Doc posted a picture after the game. It's best defense in the NFL, and it's a picture of him standing there with Nick Bosa in a 49ers uniform. If you don't freaking watch Dr. Disrespect at least a little bit on YouTube, he streams Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's usually right around uh, 9 o'clock, 9, 10 o'clock. Dude, at least just check him out. Like, he is, even if you don't like watching somebody play video games, that dude is immensely entertaining. It, it, he is, there is nothing like him. And I know, I understand that a lot of people will be like, video game streamers, get the fuck out of here. But the doc is different, and everybody listening knows the doc is different. He's a 49ers fan. He lives in California. 
He is just, he's the fucking man. But our next comment, Omar Figueroa, Omar Figs, I know he knows the doc. The doc is just hilarious. And he's a big 49ers fan. Give him your support. Tell him I sent you. If you leave doc a donation and you got to do it through his little Streamlabs link. I think that's in the description. And, and, and he'll read it. And, and just tell him Rob from Striking Gold sent you. And just say something about the Niners. Get him pumped up about the Niners. He'll talk. Just say, how about them Niners? How about them Niners? Rob from Striking Gold sent me. You know, I think you probably should send him like five bucks. So he reads it. But um, just, I mean, let's just invade Doc's stream. Just let him know what's going on. Because, uh, you know, the Doc's a huge 49ers fan. And I just think that you guys should get involved with him. He's been through some shit. And came out on the other side just looking like a champion. So give Doc your respect. All right. Sorry, Omar. I put off your comment. I'm a broken record. Defense 49ers can go all the way with that. If any QB that doesn't turn the ball over, there is some gravity to that. What Omar just said, if the 49ers can get Brock Purdy to run a competent dink and dunk offense without turning the ball over, they can win. Now they're going to need more than field goals. They're going to need some, some plays to go their way. Defenses are going to be selling out to stop the run. There's going to be some opportunities for big plays. And if Brock Purdy can do that without turning the ball over, they can go far. But, you know, that's easier said than done. So many threats on offense, the best defense, and a kicker that's good as gold. Let's go. Okay, yeah, I love it that Omar kept it positive. I This was probably uh, obviously left before Jimmy Garoppolo news, but I love it. And one last one from David. If Purdy can make this offense look good, I have much more faith. Trey will be fine next year. I think that's fair, too. You can't forget that, you know, in terms of future prospects, Trey is still there. Uh, just to, I do not think Trey Lance can come back this year. I don't think that a doctor would – just because he's walking around does not mean that he can play football. Walking is not the same as playing football. Um, and I – I'm not sure a doctor would sign off on Trey Lance playing football this year after the significant injury. It hasn't been that long. You know, I, I just, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I can't just, you know, say one way or the other, but I don't think Trey Lance is coming back this year as cool of a story as it would make. I don't think it's a possibility. It's a significant injury. It's a season-ending injury for him to come back some like three, three and a half months later. You know, even four months later after the the next few games, I just don't think it's in the realm of possibilities. Kyle Shanahan has always shot it down without any sort of thought whatsoever. Not thought, but he didn't seem like it was even an option. Could it happen? I don't know, but I just, I, I think that that's something that we can probably close the book on, turn the page on, but Never know. Would make for a hell of a movie. All right, that's all our takeaways. We'll talk more about Brock Purdy, his prospects going forward. We'll talk more about the 49ers quarterback situation a um, little later this week when we preview the Bucks game. You know, there'll be plenty to talk about. Y'all, you know this dance. You know this, this talking about 49ers quarterbacks. We've done it for like three years now. You know what I mean? Like, that's how it makes me feel. Like, my words just melt away because I've said them all before. Used them too many times. But we're right back at it again, man. Let's talk about some Brock Purdy later this week. Um, we'll talk about the Bucks. Good defense. Purdy's going to have his, his work cut out for him. But, hey, just just, 
just ride the wave, you know, just, just enjoy it. Just be here. And, uh, and yes, I want to see the 49ers go all the way just like you do, but you know, it is what it is. We'll see what it is as the season goes on, man. I'm looking forward to it, but Hey, you already know what it is. I got to get out of here. Thank you so much for supporting striking gold. All sorts of things you can do out there to support the podcast. You can listen. Obviously, you're here. That's the ultimate form of support. You can download the episode. You can pass it on to friends. You can leave us a positive review on whatever app you listen on. That's all bonuses. Do it if you must. Um, go, hey, Doc will be streaming tomorrow. Go go say what's up to the Doc. You don't got even got to donate. I know I said that, but that's those are the things he reads on stream. But just go say what's up, man. Get in there. Pump his numbers a little bit. Increase the album. The algorithm, give him some support because he supports the Niners and he's just a cool as hell dude. Funny as hell. Anyways, love you guys. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold, but unfortunately, I got to get out of here. I appreciate you. And for another another episode, I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. Wait, 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 wait. We're not done. We're not done. I'm not signing out. I'm not signing out yet. You know why? Because I was embarrassed. I had to get back on here and correct myself. I was confused. Enter Sandman. That was that was one of my takeaways. I'm even going to go back to my takeaways to figure out that who sent this. Because he said Nick Bosa should come out to Enter Sandman. And I was just completely off. I was quoting uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls. And I'm scrolling. Hold on. Come on. Where's that? Where's the... I, I can't remember who it was that said that Nick Bosa should come out to Enter Sandman. But anyways... I'll try and find that while I talk, but how could I mess that? I mean, okay, here's how I could mess that up. One, Metallica just has so many hits. I get them confused all the time. I was singing and, and the and strum of the riff to For Whom the Bell Tolls starts with the starts with the gong. No, Enter Sandman is exit light, exit night, take my hand, we're off to Neverland, sleep with one eye open, gripping your pillow tight. One of those, the beginning of the song is like impossible not to nod your head to. Uh, I, the, I just I had to restart a recording just to add this into the end of the podcast to try and repent my sins for m- mixing up two of Metallica's you know greatest songs. But again, it really has more to do with the fact that Metallica has so many good songs that I just get them confused. So I apologize. I'm still trying to figure out who the frick said that because I feel like I own them like an apology, like straight to them and personal apology. But I can't, I can't find it. It's just there's, there's a lot of takeaways on here, guys. And oh, here it is, Captain Clay, the one I started with. What an idiot, Captain Clay. I am sorry. I meant to mix those two Metallica songs up, but I feel like you can understand where I'm coming from. Enter Sandman, great intro. Would have made for a great UFC intro as well. I was mixing it up for Whom the Bell Tolls, which would also be great for Nick Bosa, you know. But uh, for Leaf, Clo- no Leaf Clover, uh, super underrated Metallica song. Listen to it. Anyways, now I actually have to get out of here. I apologize for the mishap, but I am in here to ask for your forgiveness in mixing up those two Metallica hits. But hey, at least I know what the hell he's talking about. All right, now we're really out of here. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. I love you guys. I've said all this already, but I'm saying it again. Don't care because that's how much I appreciate your support. But for another episode, I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold, and we are actually signing out.